Rowan Carney joins us now. Sports Illustrated covering the NBA. He's been basically, what, uh, live blogging uh, the entire free agency period. Uh, Rowan, good morning. How are you? And uh, first and foremost, how exactly, what are you doing in terms of rest? Like, when do <laughs> We're you, worried about you. When do you take time <laughs> in order? Because, you know, rest is important. How exactly, you can only have so much Red Bull. How exactly are you working your way through this deal? You know, I was really planning on sleeping in this morning until I got the text from Maggie oh, yesterday. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, uh, it's, it's been fun. I, I love free agency. So, uh, you know, we got we got other parts of the offseason to rest. Free agency is a lot of fun. All right. Well, it started, what at, a gamer. It started at 12.01 Friday night, well, Saturday morning. The rumors, though, the, the Paul George game came down. Paul George trade, pardon me, came down around, what, 10? Right, right. Right, PM? 10 o'clock. Right. So 10 o'clock Friday. So how much sleep have you guard, gotten over the last, you know, two and a half days? Uh, enough. I would say just enough to keep me going. Uh I would say it usually dies down around 2 a.m. So between like 2 and 8, there's not a lot going on. So, that's so you get about six hours a day. That's solid. All right, that's, that's solid. Yeah, yeah, that's so not bad at all. I'll yeah. make sure now, now I know when to text you, Roa. <laughs> right around 3.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you're getting into that REM cycle. Just repeated texts, one after the other. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rohan, let's start with the, I think, Probably the biggest news, and we'll get into some individual contracts in a moment, but just the news that Carmelo Anthony is willing to waive his no-trade clause to Houston or Cleveland. Not a big shock there that those are the teams that he might be targeting, but is this able to happen? I mean, how can we conceivably, or we being, how could Melo conceivably get himself from New York to one of these teams? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a little skeptical of it. I think if he is going to get to Houston or uh, Cleveland, a third team is going to have to get involved or something like that. Uh, you know, Woj also reported that Daryl Morey's kind of been working the phones for a little while right now. I just don't see how the Cavaliers or Rockets have the assets that would make the move worth it for the Knicks. I mean, Houston can give up Ryan Anderson, but, you know, why would the Knicks take back that contract? He has an extra year than Melo left on his deal right now. I just don't know that either team has an asset or a piece that's really int- intriguing for New York. And on top of that, I mean, Cleveland especially, if they give up Kevin Love, you know, I think Carmelo would fit in great against you know, next to LeBron, but it, ultimately if they're trading Love, it's a wash. So, you know, it's big news for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if a third team got involved somehow because right now I don't think – Houston or New York really have anything of value to offer the Knicks. Yeah, you know, Roa, the other thing that's curious to me is why would he want to play for D'Antoni in Houston? I get Chris Paul, I get it, but he had such an issue with D'Antoni in New York. Definitely. I mean, obviously they have a history. At the Brian Windhorst said uh, a little bit after midnight on Friday that, that those two, I don't know, or that some kind of secret back-channel communication or whatever, but allegedly, you know, they've kind of worked things out and they've, they've settled it. I think what it comes down to is what you're seeing around the league is, uh, you know, teams and players alike don't want to sit back and just, you know, let the Warriors win these next, you know, few titles without a fight. I think some people are really, really desperate to beat Golden State, and you can include guys like Dan Tony, James Harden, and Chris Paul in that group. So I think that, you know, what we're seeing is people are willing to do literally whatever it takes. If that means, you know, settling old beefs and whatnot, to take down the Warriors, they're willing to do it. So I think that's what it comes down to is, you know, these are 
people who are really, really going to do whatever it takes to kind of beat Golden State. They also have a connection with USA Basketball, where maybe that's a way where people can work back channel to try to repair that relationship, which definitely did go sour in New York. We're talking with Rohan Carney. He's my colleague at SI.com and Sports Illustrated. He's been covering free agency. Before that, the draft. We were together on a draft show for four and a half hours, sitting next to each other, which was a lot of fun. You know, another thing, Rohan, Moose and I don't exactly see eye to eye on this one, but in terms of Cleveland and their front office, in my opinion, I feel like Chauncey Billups is really screwing the Cavs right now because he hasn't made a decision. He's waffling on whether or not he wants to take a front office job with them. Meanwhile, as you know, you're live blogging this. Precious days, minutes, seconds are clicking off the clock where Cleveland could possibly try to do something aside from the re-signing of Kyle Korver. How do you see Cleveland's front office? And if Chauncey's not going to take this job already i mean how much could that hamstring them or am i am i overblowing this too much i wouldn't say i don't know if overblowing is the right word i will say that cleveland's kind of cap situation i mean they're capped out they're paying so much money it kind of limits the moves they can do anyway uh you know they can't go out and sign a bunch of free agents because they just don't have the money to do so you know they're a team that can really only re-sign the guys they have and and maybe swing some trades so they don't really have any great tradable assets I think if they do bring in Chauncey, you know, it would be his president, not general manager. So he's kind of, I think, a big-picture guy anyway. So I wouldn't say you're overblowing it. I think the thing is, no matter who they bring in, it's not like then all of a sudden they can start this flurry of moves. They just don't really have the cap situation with Lillian, so to do that. I will say that he needs to decide. It's a weird situation. I mean, I think their assistant GM, uh, Kobe Altman, has become the de facto GM. Dan Gilbert's also been working with Slovens. Uh, it's just an awkward situation, and Cleveland looks like so much of a mess right now. Uh, again, I was, I was talking with some other SL riders last night. Do we think LeBron's going to be on the Cavs next season? I mean, it's looking less and less likely by the day during this offseason, at least. Obviously, there's a long way to go between now and next summer, but that whole organization from top to bottom, it just doesn't make sense right now. I mean, you bring back a guy like Kyle Korver, when he joined the team last year, people thought they'd go to another level, but Cleveland struggled for much of the second half. Corbin was good in the playoffs until you couldn't really play him that much in the finals. So uh, there's just it's just a little bleak in Cleveland right now, and there's not much they can do about it. You know, Rowan, I, I, I'm curious, how much do you read into it? You mentioned about uh, LeBron's future, that you know the report out there, he's not recruiting guys to come to the Cavaliers. How much do you read into that? That's one of those things that you, in hindsight, right, like whether when he makes a decision next year, then you will say, oh, I knew all along what this meant. It's a little hard to read into. I will say this. I mean, he's at a, he's at a wedding, or he was at a wedding this weekend, so it might have been a little bit hard to work the phones. And, again, uh, there's just not much LeBron can do, and I, I think he's aware of that too. Uh, I mean, he can get on the phone with someone, but, you know, he'd have to be asking a player like Zach Randolph, take the veterans minimum, which is a huge take uh, even for him. So, uh, I, Again, I think for the Cavaliers, the, the biggest thing that's, that's hurting them right now are all the contracts they've already given out to guys like Love, Irving, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith. Uh, you know, LeBron can get on the phones, but he can't change the fact that they're a capped-out team without a lot of options. So I think that's the biggest thing that's kind of slowing them down this offseason is the fact they've already spent so much money and kind of the rules restricting how they can spend it now. Uh, I think that's what's stopping them 
from going out there and kind of making these big movies see everyone else making. You know, it's funny because talking with Rohan Ned Carney, but you, tell, you look in hindsight, like if LeBron does leave next summer to go to the LA Lakers or something, we'll try to read the tea leaves and maybe was he trying to like drop the breadcrumbs? Wasn't there huh. also the report that someone told Paul George not to come to the Cavaliers and that person may or may not have been LeBron James? Was that not a report that came out a couple weeks ago, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Rohan, we're also talking about some other Eastern Conference teams, uh, a team that I know that you are uh, feel very highly, fondly and highly about is the Miami Heat. Obviously, you're a Miami native, but also Boston, both making their pitches for Gordon Hayward. I mean, you know, signs at Fenway aside, Hassan White's on tweeting out, you know, pictures of the beach. Put all that aside. If you were to guess, you know, if you had the gun to your head, proverbial gun to your head, where do you think Hayward is going to sign? And if it's not Boston, then what do they do? This is such a tough question. Gun to my head, I I mean, again, just talking to people, uh, multiple reports have, like, I think Miami is a little bit ahead of Boston right now, but it's just so tough. I mean, you heard a lot about the Heat meeting. We haven't heard a ton about the Celtics meeting. So far, I will say one thing working in Miami's favor for Hayward, you know, he'll, he's probably going to sign a three-year deal so he can re-enter uh, free agency as a 10-year veteran and sign even a bigger max contract at that point. Uh, I think if he signs with Miami, he'll make more money because of no state tax uh, versus Boston and Utah over those three years. Uh, if Boston doesn't get Hayward, I mean, they're not in an awful position, right? They're still the number one uh, seed in the East last year. They can run it back. They have Jason Tatum. I will say that the Boston's kind of running out of time to cash in on the players they can trade. I mean, Avery Bradley's going to need a new contract next year. Isaiah Thomas is going to need a new contract next year. Marcus Smart uh, could be a restricted free agent. So uh, Boston's in a tricky situation in that place. I mean, they still have a lot of draft picks coming in. Uh, they're not in an awful place. I think a lot of people are, including myself, frankly, want Boston to kind of push their chips to the table and win now, but... It's also not an awful strategy to wait out LeBron maybe for another year or two and, and try to keep this level of success going for a while. So if Boston doesn't get Gordon Hayward, I don't think they're in awful shape. They're still set up for success, you know, one or two years down the line. I do think it, it kind of stops them from being a true title contender if they can't get someone like him. Uh, if I had to guess right now, I, I really think it could be Miami, and I'm not just saying that. I know it sounds like I could just be saying that, but uh, it just sounds like, you know, they have a very attractive offer for him uh, in terms of money and role. Yeah, nice life down in South Beach as well. But for... here's the thing. If Ainge misses on another one, right? Right. Then you start wondering, like, when's he going to hit? Listen, that Kevin Garnett trade, that was a long time ago. He did win, but it's not the worst. He's, he's got young assets. He's going to have two top five draft choices next year. I, I understand that. Look, he's he's worked I... that part perfectly. But in terms of if you're going to take a swing at a free agent, Right. Well, is he gonna right. Land well, I mean, if a guy doesn't, yeah, right. Yeah, true. You know. I get the criticism. I yeah, I, and that's fair. And people up in Boston right now, Rohan, you look at it. I mean, the Celtic fan is have been promised, 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 big move, big move, big move, taking that big step, and and age has yet to deliver. Yeah, perhaps I was being too politically correct earlier because I think I'm aligned with Maggie on this one. I think it's it's definitely getting a little troublesome what Danny Ainge is going on, uh, got going on over there in Boston. I mean, it's a little ridiculous how every time another superstar uh, signs or gets traded to another team, there are all these reports that come out about how Boston had this incredible offer, but it just miraculously got turned down. I mean, I don't buy it. It's getting kind of ridiculous. Uh, I do think Ainge is at fault. They should have either Paul George or Jimmy Butler. Uh, and it's, If you look at the prices 
those guys fetch on the open market. It's ridiculous Boston didn't top those offers. Uh, you know, if I'm a Celtics fan, I'm not howling only because, you know, they do have a bright future, but it's just getting ridiculous year after year where Boston seemingly has, you know, all the assets in the world to, to get. I mean, you look at Jimmy Butler. The guy's on an incredible contract. He's under contract for two more years, and, and you can't swing a deal for him. Uh, it, it's bad. I mean, I, I think it reflects poorly on Danny Ainge, and I think there's definitely a lot of pressure well, on him wh- to sign Hayward. Yeah, I think that's fair. Then, I mean, you look at what uh, the Indiana Pacers got back for Paul George. You, I mean, uh, you. so the three, you don't think, you don't believe the report that Boston offered the three first-round draft choices for him? It's tough. It's tough to know what the actual offer is. If they did offer three first-round picks, you know, it probably wasn't any of the ones that are going to end up near the top of the lottery. It probably would have been mid to late first-round picks. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Honestly, if that's the offer is, if that's, that's the intent, think it's, I'd rather yeah. have that than what they got back from Oklahoma City. I'd rather have the picks. Definitely. I mean, because I got Oladipo and I got Sabonis. Sabonis is going to be limited. Oladipo is is overpaid for the player that he is, Rohan. I do agree Oladipo is overpaid. Uh, I, the more I think about that trade for the Pacers, the less I hate it. I still think it's a bad trade, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, those mid to late first round picks, they sound great until you actually have to select those players. And then, then you're kind of in this situation where, again, it, you know, it's a crapshoot and it, they probably have the same chance of turning out to be a great player as Oladipo. You know, I think Oladipo can still be a very good player. I mean, he had that. It's kind of hard to pair him with Russ the way Russ was last year. So that, that trade, we'll have to wait and see. But, again, I mean, those three first-round picks could have been good. Boston could have easily, easily topped that offer and given Indiana something uh, they couldn't have refused unless the Pacers really were that hell-bent on getting George out of the East. Yeah, and we're talking with Rohan Carney, and I agree. That's why I feel like maybe, I, I, I might believe that it, that the terms were true, but I just feel like there had to be been a contingency, something where the Indiana Pacers felt like they couldn't wait. I don't know why, but they felt like they couldn't wait, and Ainge was saying, wait, wait, wait. I want to see what happens with Hayward before I pull the trigger on any one of these trades. Uh with with Indiana. Uh, Rohan, just uh, finishing up here, I guess big picture, broad picture, we've had a lot of signings in the last couple of days. Obviously, the Toronto Raptors decide to run it back with Lowry and Serge Ibaka. Millsap goes to Denver. Uh, who do you think overall has had the best, you know, 48 hours or the best free agency period? Is it still, you know, just Houston getting Chris Paul or is there another team that's emerged as a real threat, you think? No, I really think it's got to be Houston, not just Chris Paul. I mean, you look at what they gave up in the Paul trade, just one starter, Patrick Beverly. Uh, Decker's a nice piece, but not someone who is, uh, you know, unreplaceable. And beyond that, I mean, they still have a great eight-man rotation. They still have Ariza. They still have Eric Gordon. Uh, You know, bringing back Nene was a great deal for them. So I think it's got to be Houston. And I'll say if the Rockets somehow swing this deal for Carmelo Anthony, I think that makes them easily the second-best team in the league, definitively. And beyond that, I think Melo really does give them a legitimate chance against the Warriors. I mean, they have five-man combinations they can put in Houston right now that are going to be deadly shooting-wise. I love the addition of P.J. Tucker there, uh, you know, just a quintessential 3-and-D guy. So I think it's got to be Houston. You know, Daryl Morey, you know, had that quote, you're either in, in the weapons race, you're out, and he's firmly in, and I think that's, great for us as fans it's great for the nba so i, I think it's got to be houston right now i i do like what denver has done i think Millsap is going to be great there 
Uh, one team I was high on were the was the Wolves, and I don't really like the Todd Gibson signing for them. So we've definitely seen some stuff all over the place, but. If there's one winner right now, I think it's got to be the Rockets. Yeah, Rowan, a final one for me, and that is uh, the Thunder. You mentioned that you know you you don't love it, but you you don't hate it as much as you originally did. What the Pacers got back. What about Oklahoma City? The gamble of Paul George for the year with Russell Westbrook, and see exactly where the chips fall at the end. But what about uh, from a Thunder perspective? How do you like the addition of Paul George? I love that move for Oklahoma City. Uh, you know. They they had to do something. They they couldn't run back the team they had last year. As fun as it was to watch Russ get all those triple doubles, uh, that was not sustainable in the slightest. I do think they definitely need one more piece. I think Andre Roberson is likely coming back. If they could get someone like Rudy Gay, that really, really rounds out uh, their starting five nicely. I think the Thunder still need to add shooting. Uh, they were in talks with C.J. Miles for a little bit as well. So they still have some work to do. I think they need to surround they're stars and shooters, but they're on the right track, and I think that team's going to be extremely fun to watch. I'm, I'm really happy about the Paul George trade. And, you know, those are the kind of gambles you have to make. I, I think you have to take those risks. I hope Danny Angel learns a lesson from Sam Presti, but <laughs> I love that, you know, they saw that they, they their star needed help, and they went for it. Rohan Ned Carney, uh, Sports Illustrated, NBA free agency. Rohan, how long is the live blog going to keep going? Is yeah. this like till the season know. starts? I have, no <laughs> idea. I, I have no idea when it's supposed to end, which is kind of a problem. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, I, it could be going on through the rest of the summer. I really have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, give Rohan a follow on Twitter also. Yeah. Uh, at Rohan Ned Carney he does a fantastic job. And also his Instagram, just... Perfect. Thing of beauty, man. <laughs> Love the food picks. Thank you so much. Rohan does a great Maggie, job. Thanks, I, Rohan. That means more to me than anything else we've ever said. Thank you very <laughs> yeah. much. Wow. I mean, there you it, go. it's really true. It's a good follow. I'm, I'm constantly liking. I'm starring. Fun stuff there. Thanks Rohan, a lot. Rohan, thank you for the time this morning.